Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's 8.35. We are live. It's House of Property. It can only mean one thing. In the house with me today is Katie the Griff Day. Griffin, how are you, my darling? I'm very good. Do I want to just say I'm hot, hot, hot? Or is that just a general thing in the market because of the weather? Clammy. Fab weather. No, I'm hot. I'm just like enjoying this. It's lovely. I've got a little bit of a bronze sheen. That's not my makeup today. I've had a little bit of a paddle this week out on the paddleboard. It's still hot, hot, hot in the property market, though. Is it? Is it hot, hot, hot everywhere? Is that what's going on? Is that what people are saying? I just, despite the best efforts, I think, of many journalists to say that the crash is coming, um, I, I, it's still a mixed bag, isn't it? It's it, this things are still going way over guide prices. There is not a correction. Um, no. It's just long may it continue. And I think in the headlines today, there was Winkworth, I think was one of them, and some other agents who are saying your constipated pipeline that you love, Martin, is going to pop out at the end of the, next, of the next kind of uh, quarter. Um, and we're going to have a really good end to the year, which is an absolute dichotomy to what other agents are seeing and yeah. what some are seeing on the ground. So what's your take on it? So constipated pipeline, this goes back to last week, doesn't it? Last week we talked about Hugger conveyancer um and um some working together some collaborative working between agents and conveyancers this got picked up on the trade press didn't it didn't we uh did we, did we oh. get on the trade press um can i just say can i just say surprised. hashtag hashtag you heard it here first exactly hugger conveyancer so great work um with conveyancers um because all pipelines are constipated deals have been down a little bit waiting for the back end of the year to come through, which would help with the cash flow, which is superb. Um, market still mixed, I hear, um, but genuinely a good market. A good, don't yeah. talk down this housing market. I had a no. client literally um, message me this morning and said, I'm thinking of coming off the market because um, I'm, offers aren't quite coming in where I'm looking at getting, what the price I'm looking at getting. My response was, actually, um, that's disappointing as a seller, but as a buyer, you'll be able to negotiate harder. It's the difference between the two that is the important figure and must stay the same. It doesn't matter if you're buying at the top of the market or a little bit cooler, but it's a good, healthy housing market. This is where you have to make things happen. Yeah, so I've got a challenge for you because this is oh, kind God. of happening. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, don't worry. I'm not throwing you under a bus, don't worry. Um, yeah. So I've got a number of vendors and I know other agents that I've spoken to this week have where things have taken a little bit longer with the conveyancing um, process. So it might have been four or five months ago that you agreed the sale. Yes. What do you do when the vendor comes back and says, well, hang on a minute, because it's four or five months of house growth. So I yes. want a little bit more. And yeah. whilst you might have negotiated this sale ahead of the market because it was above the guide, what advice do you give your vendors, sellers, um, when they do this? Because it's yeah. a challenge, isn't it? Real challenge. Thank you for that one. Um, well, I think it's, it's an education piece, isn't it? Our, part of our role is to educate uh, buyers and sellers on what's going on in the marketplace. And whilst they have seen house price growth, over the last five months, it was a report that came out that it was 14% or something like that over year on year or 12% or something like um, the, Then so will their purchase. So shall we go and renegotiate on that one as well? And again, mm -hmm. comes back to that price differential between, the, between the, the property you're selling and property you're buying. But yeah. that's a natural thing. If you are not an experienced purchaser of properties and, and 
we always say, didn't we, that people would move house once every seven years, but it's now something like 20 years or 17 21, years. Or, 21. Whatever it is, 21 years on average. So it's um, people don't understand. They don't think logically. They don't think rationally. It's very emotive time, isn't it? Emotions are high. It it's very stressful. People want to turn around and say, right, come on, let's get, what should we do? And they ask what we consider to be sometimes a stupid question. Like, shall we put the price yeah. up? So educate, educate, educate. Yeah, educate, educate, educate. Okay. I like that. Now, I've I seen like a fabulous um, article in the Sunday Times written by Carol Lewis, who is... Oh, I like Carol. Five reasons not to panic. So I think we're having a bit of an internet issue today because I think we just both went off there. But um, Sunday Times, so Carol Lewis, five reasons not to panic about house prices. And the first was that, number one, house prices are not falling. The rate at which house prices are rising has slowed um, in June. Point two, we are in a robust financial health. Before the previous house price crash in 2008, when house prices... Oh, I think Katie's going now. And if she is, I will carry on. Um, I don't know what article she's referring to, um, but these are pretty good points. So she was talking about the fact that house price growth has slowed. So we're no longer at the top of the market. Often I'm, when I'm talking with vendors or you're talking as a valuer, you'll turn around and you'll plot... Maybe it's worth plotting on a graph um, the house prices in that street or in that area. And just because there is one that's right at the top, it doesn't drag the whole of the market up with it. Maybe the prices have just peaked and they're just getting a little bit lower. It doesn't mean that prices are falling. It means that the very top of the market maybe has just gone. Um, but buyers need to be educated about this in the same as vendors. That there was only reports coming out the yesterday or the day before that the chances of the economy missing, skirting around a recession is getting better. There was growth in the economy. Um, there's some headwinds away on the way, isn't there? This cost of living crisis um, keeps coming back. Oh, talking of coming back, here's Grifter. Are you back? I don't know what is going on with the internet today. I'm plugged in. Everything's good. Honestly, it's going to be another rage against suppliers, isn't it? <laughs> so we were talking about, we got to point two, and I was just talking about the fact that there'd been a report come out in the economy that we may miss a recession this year, um, and that there's a good, um, whilst there's headwinds ahead, the cost of living crisis, the economy's strong and good. Um, Excellent. So Interest rates are in a different office. position. Yeah, 5.75% in July 2007. We're way off that, aren't we? So completely different set of financial um, characteristics. Third point was demand remains high. We know that. There are still buyers out there. Um, and that lack of stock is really helping to prop up the house price growth. So that's fabulous too. Lenders remain confident, point four. Um, the, basically, what they're saying, Carol Lewis is saying, is the answer in the direction of house prices may well lie with the Halifax um, specifically the fact that they have just increased their exposure to new builds to 95% LTV, so loan to value, across the board. So do they know something we don't know? But almost until now, every mainstream lender would want a minimum of 15% deposit um, for a new build house. So that's really interesting, a really interesting point. And point five, economists, they're not panicking. No one, even the most pessimistic forecasters, is predicting a house price crash. What we're seeing is a Correction, isn't it? Not a crash. Yeah, it's a correction. We've gone over the peak and it's just cooled. We were, I was just talking whilst you were away doing your internet thing that um, 
a really good exercise is sometimes to plot the prices in an area on a graph. And just because of the fact that you've got one that is peaked right at the top, it doesn't drag the whole of the market with it. It just happens to be a particularly motivated um, buyer or a property that has sold really, really well. So it's just, but I think now it's not a case of sticking mud to the wall and seeing if it will, uh, if it will stick. You've got to work with your vendor to really understand where the prices are, what buyers are saying, what they're talking about, so getting close to your buyers still to be able to understand demand and work forward. But um, if you've worked in 2007, 2008, you know this isn't a bad housing market. This is a good housing market. And I think it still feels stronger than 2018, 19. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And and estate agents aren't often held in high esteem, okay? But I think we should be. Yeah, no way. Um, I think we definitely should be because... I've had a number of ex- sort of circumstances over the last couple of weeks where literally I have met a seller or a landlord uh, for the space of probably 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes. And at the end of that, they've gone, I like everything you say, you, you know, fantastic. Um, here's the keys to my house. Yeah. And, and I was thinking about this and I was just thinking, oh my God. So. We, we are really low on the trust and, and honesty stakes. And yet we actually, that's not correct. We need a rebalancing here, you know, when it hashtag show me the key. I mean, it's happening more and more and more is that people are, you, you're, you're gaining trust quicker. Now, whether that's because we do community stuff, we're getting more out on social. So they feel like they know us. So mm-hmm. We've already built that trust and confidence, but it still amazes me that people will just hand over the key to their biggest tax-free asset after a very short meeting. So why is that? I mean, Martin, would you give me your car key? You'd go, no, no. bugger off, wouldn't you? Yeah, no, you see, I, know how, yeah. I know how you drive. Um, <laughs> it's not just the key to their biggest tax-free asset, is it? It's the key to the home. It's the key to where all their um, worldly belongings are all there. It's the key to the place where they bring up their children. Yeah. You know, this is, you couldn't get, a greater compliment and level of responsibility. So what was your hashtag? Give me the key. Show me the key. Hashtag Give show me the key. The key. Hashtag, hashtag show me the key. Me the key. I love so that. I think this is a this could be a really big piece because I think that we need to push up the, you know, the honesty stakes, uh, the professionalism. And actually we are doing that if a client hands you the key to their property surely why why should we not be we should be shouting this we should be storytelling hashtag show me the key so there's a blog idea isn't there if you're going to do a blog this week then hashtag show me the key because talk about the fact that you feel entrusted honored that your clients choose you customers sellers choose you landlords to have the key to their home i know i know it always makes me but Wonderful, wonderful. So the sun is shining. Um, what is everyone doing for their teams? Are you, Martin, giving them a, a, a beach break? So letting them finish early? Have you invested in a really good coffee machine because of the cost of living? You can now have Ooh. great uh, Starbucks coffees in, in-house, um, relatively yep. cheap. Are you... Um, buying a load of soft drinks ice lollies what are you doing for your team in this sunny weather can't give them a beach day because in the midlands it's two and a half hours to get there and two and a half hours to get back so um it would be a day off that's called the beach day maybe you should have a beach day um but it is hot isn't it and so people do get a little bit more lethargic there is no i don't think there's any legal limit to how hot it can get before um 
before people can refuse to work. So it's going to get hotter again next week. So although some of us are away, so it's going to be hopefully yeah. even hotter when I'm away. Just um, drop that into the conversation. Just drop that in the conversation. But this comes back to what we were saying last week about those tiny noticeable things, those little things, the joy of small things, tiny things, because it makes such a difference. So I love that idea of just getting a, a coffee machine because things are tightening up a little bit, getting soft drinks in. I love getting ice creams. You know what I mean? The trouble is I have, I've always worked with very healthy people. So I sit there with ice creams and they don't <laughs> want an ice cream. But uh, ice creams are good. Ice creams are good. Just having some breaks, you know? If we were at school, yeah. we'd all be working outside in the playground, wouldn't we now? Rather yeah. than working in the classroom. So just some breaks. Have a bit of, just a bit of downtime, you know? If, and, if it's, and and what about then, what do you wear? Because there, again, there's been some mm. conversations on social this week about um, gentlemen, I think he was at work for a lawyer um, and uh, he was a trainee lawyer and he uh, asked if he could wear shorts into the office. And they said, you have to put a written request in. Bit old fashioned this film. Uh, and he came back and said, no, you can't, you can't wear shorts. We're a professional outfit. But actually, is it wrong if you are smart going to the office? If it's hot, why, why can you not? You know, if you listen to the news, watch the news, um, they have a little sort of link to a government health department, which says what to do in this hot weather. Um, and it always says, put shorts on, um, <laughs> stay in the shade, drink water. No shit, yeah. Sherlock, I could have written that. Um, <laughs> so, the, um, um, but we're in 2022, aren't we? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so let's work this through. You say to me, no, you must be wearing a trouser suit. You must be wearing a suit to come into work um, or formal trousers. They're going to get yeah. hot, they're going to get sweaty, and they're going to yeah. get lethargic. If they come in with yeah. a pair of shorts on, it will almost do the opposite, won't it? Because actually, a little bit like Saturday, I love Saturdays because it feels like it's a little bit more informal than yeah. a Wednesday or a Thursday. So... And that kind of reinvigorates you and gets you balled up, doesn't it, to keep going. And, oh, this is good. I'm enjoying it. So it's a little bit like a dress down day if you're allowed to turn up in your shorts because it's a particularly hot day. I mean, yeah. bright pink with a pair of sliders is probably looking a bit weird. But if they're yeah. smart, tailored schoolboy shorts, then uh, why, couldn't <laughs> wear, why couldn't you wear... Um, couldn't you wear shorts? If it, as long as you look smart. You, as long as you look smart, isn't it? You've got to have a blended approach, haven't you? Mm. And mm. I think sometimes that, you, that you, we're, we're told by trainers, aren't we, to mirror what your client is wearing, yeah? Mirror what your client is wearing. Well, you can't always do that because you've still got to have that <laughs> element of kind of like professionalism. You can't really turn up in like a, a string vest or whatever, as happened to me yesterday when I went to do evaluation. Yeah. Lovely chap. Um, and um, but you've got to also have that professional mindset, haven't you? And I, you know, if you're rocking up with shorts and flip flops, which if my team are listening, do not wear flip flops. You know how I don't like an open toe in the office. Um, but you've got to have a bit of a blended approach, haven't you, um, to, yeah. to what you can do? So this is all part of kind of just because we've done it that way doesn't mean to say it's the right thing to do moving forward. Absolutely. So it'd be very interesting. I'm, gonna, I'm presenting at a conference today. Um, yeah. So I should be wearing a jacket to present in. Um, but it will be a bit, um, it'll be a bit sticky on stage, won't it? So I don't think the jacket will stay on all day. But, oh, um, but, but you know, it'd be interesting to see what the agents of Cambridge are wearing today. <laughs> hot, hot, hot Cambridge. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, something else I've read about this week is, um, and, and back to that, just because we've done always done it like this, this is how we should do it moving forward, is uh, Jason Bull, who is COO um, at easyproperty.com. Don't boo oh, and hiss. Easy property. Don't, easy don't boo and hiss. Uh, it's, it's a love chat. Like um, and he has, he has basically said, 
estate agents, why do we as an industry continue to use or insist on using absolute claptrap to describe a home? And I'm going to read some of these out. And Martin, you have to say yes or no as to whether you've used these phrases. Okay. okay. So, well appointed. Yes. Generously proportioned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are delighted. <laughs> oh, no, I hate that. We are delighted to offer to the market this beautiful three-bedroom detached house. And then the, the best one, because we, we all love, um, you know, I love ourselves, as the vendor's sole agent. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and yeah. Think, how about a discerning purchaser will appreciate and all that. It's rubbish, all that isn't it? lovely home has to offer. You do, uh, okay. But it's really hard. It's hard, isn't it? Because you, you might have three or four properties you've got to do descriptions and you want to make them a belter. And it's really hard. I find having a glass of wine really helps me to write a better property brochure. But I can't really do that at nine o'clock in the morning in the office. Well, sometimes so, you <laughs> But it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to come up with inspirational, exciting content for so a actually brochure. The the reason that we say all those things as an industry is because it's just habit setting. It's not laziness, it's habit setting. So it's actually yeah. breaking that habit to do it, to do something the other way. It's like folding your arms, isn't it? Fold your arms for me, Katie. Fold your arms okay. for me, please. Yeah. Now try and do it yeah. the other way. Oh, no, it's weird. I don't like it. You can't it. do it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you are there for them to have exactly the same thing when you're doing a set of sales particulars, aren't you? You're doing a new write-up. Yeah. So, and... One of the best examples I saw of this was, especially when you look at the Poverty Portal's website, so the, the summary on the Blue and Green um, portal. Yeah. It has on there the address, the number of bedrooms, the estate agents. So when you turn around and put on there, ex-estate agents are delighted to present to the market this three-bedroom detached house in Crinkley Bottom. All of that information is already on there. You've wasted that first two lines of the five lines yeah. or 200 characters I have made this, trying to sell your property. So... Yeah. Think about what is it that um, what is it actually that people want to be looking at? What are the key searches? Right move, another the, the portal we're talking about. Put their keyword, the most popular keyword searches, out in their monthly or quarterly report. So we've seen an uprising in people searching for annex and acre, spelt two different ways because people can't spell it, and garden and working <laughs> from home and studio and, and study. Um, so maybe you one. get that in. I've got one. One of my lovely friends, Lucy Durin, has got a competitor who um, always puts, so it's, a, it's an outdoor <coughs> menage, yeah? But he always spells it as the wrong menage. Oh, the wrong menage. So, a menage, yeah. Um, and she was basically saying, every time she sees this, she just wants to go, Argh! and I have a, a competitor who always says, next to a babbling brook. And he puts this in everything where there's a stream or a puddle or anything like that in the bridge. And it all, again, makes me laugh. So we yeah. try and get around that by having, and it's about eight pages now, some different kind of cool scripts. And I don't, I don't mean scripts and dials. I mean, just no, something you can refer line. back to when, when you're describing a two bedroom cottage, when you're describing a, a townhouse, just to try and get that gray matter kind of wearing away to help mm. you be a bit more exciting and inspirational. Cause we all want our brochures to stand out. And maybe we should be doing that with better presentation and photography rather than words. Yes, because people don't tend to read the words, do they? So a good floor plan, good photography, video tour is far, far stronger, isn't it? A picture tells a thousand words, Grifter. Picture tells a thousand does. words. Um, so, what do you call an alligator in a vest? Oh, my God. Um, oh, I, I want to think of something I really... Oh, I don't know. An, in, an investigator. 
And that's, that's so silly. <laughs> I was gifted that. That was given to me by by an eleven year old. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Absolutely, really like, your, your jokes. Your jokes are a, are a really good uh, a really good part of the show, Martin. People, along with sign in for the show. Absolutely, along with my buy my buy of the week, which is a brilliant buy of the week. But unfortunately, um, I left Wait. it in my car. No, I left it in my car. But I'm just going to say, next week I am going to be bringing something called a Joe Nut. Okay, now this is revolutionary, and I'd love to be able to show it to you, but obviously I've left it in the car. And it is a Jaffa cake. So McVitie's are using their Jaffa cakes now, or have created Jaffa cake donut. Oh my god. It is brilliant. Okay, it is absolutely great marketing. I just love it. I will be popping that up into the uh, uh, podcast next week, but I'll send you some photos as well. But look out for that donut again. You heard it here first, McVitie's. Well McVitie's done, McVitie's I love that. So holiday season, halfway through the year. Um, what should we be doing in the property industry to make sure that we hit? I love September the first. I'm well, you know, I love September the first. <laughs> is so much more important to me than January the 1st. I don't like January the 1st. It feels like it's too expectation. But September the 1st, you can make things happen and impact this year and will impact next year. So I love September the 1st. Um, what should we be doing over the next six weeks, five, six weeks between now and September the 1st to make sure that we're ready? Because the schools are broken up. People are going on holiday. Um, sometimes I've seen estate agents start to turn off a little bit. This is like that november december syndrome where it's sort of like oh well we've been working hard nothing's we'll start happening. back again nothing's really happening it's july and august mr and mrs seller it's a little bit quieter what should we be what red flag should we be looking for well i i think it's about helping speed up that sale once it's agreed to actually get it over the line so when you're coming to the, to the market now or the first of september or the middle of september trying to get your vendors moved in by christmas so we've got to try and make sure we're educating them this is what we talked about at the beginning of the show and get their houses sale ready yeah so you know that they can transact quicker because they've filled out all their documents they've got a contract i know that conveyances and solicitors don't always like putting any I won't say effort or work, but they don't want to kind of, they'll open a file and put it to one side and say, come back and talk to me when you've got a sale agreed. And I think we've got to be more proactive than that. So it's working your relationships with those solicitors that you like working. Um, you've developed a great um sort of working role with and making sure that you're referring work through to them and bringing them the clients as well that really are going to commit and come to the market so i think that's that's the first thing really that's key that comes back to your hugger conveyancer so you find yeah. a good conveyancer work really closely with them ask them to do a little bit of work in the marketing stages so that we can get things moving mm -hmm. um for quicker for them but there's so many different hints and tips you can do around that part of the process so if it's a leasehold property get the management pack together yeah making sure that if the windows have been replaced there's a fence certificate making sure that the building reg certificates there making sure that all the information is on your memorandum of sale so it's not katie yes. griffin um buying the property it's mrs katie jemima puddle duck griffin and mr <laughs> martin you know? um, uh, right. and making sure that all that information's on the memorandum of sale because sharing yeah. of information i was talking with a industry supplier this week um who is working very hard in trying to share information um, up and down a chain and getting ready for that. And um, there's some really exciting stuff out there, you know, there's some yeah. really good stuff. 
But also being much more informed helps you sell the property as well. So yeah. you know all the information that you're not going to have any sort of, you know, hiccups later down the line. I was trying not to use a sweary word. So um, I have so a property information questionnaire that yeah. people fill out at the, the vendors fill out or you fill out with a vendor at the very start. Yeah. So you've got all that information, which gives you the material information that you're going to need for the portals. That means that you're not going to get tripped up under CPRs. And it can help speed up your transaction. That yeah. vital part, early doors, isn't it? At this moment, but you time. were like talking that. more though, weren't you, about what do we do to get stock on the market? Is that what you yeah. were meaning? Well, yeah. I was just, I was just. I think that the for the proactive switched-on agent, even if they have a fortnight's holiday over the next six weeks, there is that time to take a march on your competitors because people do tend to knock down the gear in um, yeah. July and August. Um, and so it's making sure that you are getting stock ready to come to the market in September the 1st, making sure yeah. that you have got your processes ready, reviewing your costs to see what there is out mm. there if it's a little bit quieter. Um, getting your photographs their done. Getting your photographs done now while you've got gorgeous sunny <laughs> weather. If you yeah. want to use blue sky photos, if you want to use a twilight shot, there's still some super sunsets and pink skies which make yeah. your, your photography and your photos stand out little bit differently i so saw a lovely social media post where somebody said oh a day to retake some front photos because it's a blue sky day and showed their before and afters with the gray sky and the blue sky and i thought what a clever way of showing that you're constantly updating yeah. your clients marketing so it's proactive agency, isn't it? Not reactive. That's what we've got to remember. We're not an order taker. We're a deal maker. Excellent. Love that. <laughs> so I think that just about wraps us up for this week. Mm. We've got lots and lots and lots that we're going to bring to the, the uh, forefront mm. next week. It's obviously, I'm going to bring my Jonah next week. I'm going to bring my book that I've been reading. Um, and we're going to be talking about some sort of uh, more themes and marketing that you can do to attract uh, vendors and also landlords. Um, and how you keep them and look after them as well. Because it's all very well. We chase after those listings. Um, and then if it isn't sold within five minutes, um, a lot of us are very, as we said, reactive um, and having difficult conversations um, with clients about possible price reductions um, and why their property hasn't sold in five minutes when their when their neighbor has or their mum and dad has or their brother sold it you know why ha haven't we had hundreds of viewings in, in a very short space of time so there's loads and loads and loads to come next week so lovely shout out to everybody we will post it up in the comments as well um, thank you carol lewis with your five reasons not to panic about house prices and we will be back live bright and exciting one of us will not be in this country next week so someone will be live live from the side of a swimming pool which is very exciting so take care. <laughs> oh don't so take care have a great week and we will catch up with you in a week's time it's all good here i'm desperately searching for my little thing down the side so i could do my finish off because obviously i'm in charge of the it this week take care <laughs> sun shining be kind Thank <laughs> you.